Maggie Millard from Kinexus coming to you today with a blog post called An Introduction to Process Control Charts. If you liked today's episode, please find us on iTunes and rate and review the show. It really helps other people to find us so that we can continue to spread continuous improvement. So Donald J. Wheeler, PhD, is a world-renowned expert in continuous improvement having worked with W. Edwards Deming and later writing the classic book, Understanding Variation. Wheeler once wrote and said, statistical process control is, at its heart, about getting the most from your processes. It is about the continual improvement of processes and outcomes, and it is, first and foremost, a way of thinking, with some tools attached. I'd like to thank him for providing the perfect quote for a blog about process control charts, because measurement, control, and improvement are exactly what they are designed to enable. So what is a process control chart? Process control charts, or what Wheeler calls process behavior charts, are graphs or charts that plot out process data or management data outputs in a time-ordered sequence. It's a specialized run chart. They typically include a center line, a three sigma upper control limit, and a three sigma lower control limit. There might be one or two sigma limits drawn in as well. The center line represents the process mean or average, and sometimes the median. The control limits represent the process variation and show us what's typical or common cause variation. Based on the typical baseline period to period variation, those limits are calculated as to help us distinguish between signal and noise. Again, these are calculated. They are part of the voice of process, and you don't get to choose what the limits are. If you don't like the control limits or think they're too wide, you have to improve the process to reduce variation in noise, which is different than asking what went wrong in any given time period. As leaders, we want to make sure we aren't wasting our time or our employees' time by asking for explanations about the noise. If we're going to ask what happened yesterday, we want to make sure that we're reacting to a statistically significant signal in the data. One of those signals is a data point outside of those three sigma control limits. Again, control limits are usually set at three process standard deviations above and below the average. This is because in the early 20th century, when Walter Schuert, one of the founders of the modern quality movement, formalized the ideas used in process control charts, he determined that if any single measurement falls within, above, or below those three sigma limits, it is considered expected behavior for the process. And Wheeler's modern day writing explains why this is the case. I don't know about you, but this all sounds pretty confusing to me. It might clear it up a little if you check out our blog at blog.kinexus.com where you can see a control chart with the upper and lower control limits drawn in. When a process is stable and in control, as in the example on the blog, you see nothing but common cause variation. Common cause variation results from the normal operation of a process or system, and it is expected due to the design of the process, routine activities, materials, and other factors. When a single data point falls outside the control limits, something unexpected has happened to the process. Something out of the unusual has caused the process to become out of control. This is one example of special cause variation. It indicates that it's very unlikely that the data point is due to noise, randomness, or chance. It's important to note that process control charts can reveal problems even when all of the data points fall within the control limits. 
If the plot looks non-random, with the points exhibiting a form of systematic behavior, there may still be something wrong. For example, if you have eight consecutive data points above or below the average, that's statistically unlikely to be due to chance. Statistical methods to detect sequences or non-random patterns can be applied to the interpretation of control charts. And control processes display random deviation within the control limits. The Western Electric rules give us additional guidelines for determining what is likely a special cause. At any given time, each process falls within one of four states. First is the ideal state, which occurs when a process is in statistical control and produces 100% conformance to the specifications or goals. The process is predictable and produces expected results. Second is the threshold state, in which the process is in statistical control but occasionally exhibits nonconformance at times. Third is the brink of chaos state, which refers to a process that is not in statistical control but is also not producing defects. This is usually a precursor to the last state in which the process is out of control and is producing unpredictable nonconformance. Each process fits into one of these states at any particular point in time, but it will not stay in that state. All processes move toward chaos of their own accord over time without due attention. Most companies only recognize the need for intervention and improvement when the process has moved out of the control state. Control charts help organizations recognize process deterioration so that improvements can be applied to processes in the threshold or brink of chaos state. There are lots of benefits to process control charts. Organizations that practice continuous quality improvement use control charts to provide a simple, common language for talking about process performance and behavior, to make informed decisions about which processes to leave alone and which to subject to an improvement cycle to limit the need for inspection, to determine process capability based on past performance and trends, to predict future performance if the system is stable and in control, to assess the impact of process changes, to visualize the performance of the process over time, to create a baseline for future improvements, and to communicate the performance of a process. So let's look at implementation. There are a few basic steps to implementing a control chart. Step one, define what needs to be controlled or monitored. Step two, determine the measurement system that will supply the data. Step three, establish the control limits based on some baseline data. Step four, collect and chart the data. And step five, make decisions based on the correct interpretations of control chart information. Process control charts are popular with manufacturing organizations using the Lean or Six Sigma business methodology but they can be of great value when applied to any process that has measurable outcomes that can be tracked over time. Businesses of all types can benefit from this simple yet powerful way to visualize process performance. For more information about control charts and how to make better sense of your data so that you're reacting to significant changes, check out our blog at blog.kinexus.com for a link to a webinar hosted by Mark Graben in which he dives into these details of how to better respond to data in your organization. That's it for today. I hope you liked this episode. For more like it, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out the blog at blog.kinexus.com.